this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Anatomy of a Movie, where we review movies, we talk about all things character development, the actors, the writing, everything you want to know about the film. And today... We are breaking down Pixar's Onward, and I have two wonderful, wonderful people with me. First of all, we have a Pixar super fan in the house, <laughs> y'all, a super fan. That is Kevin Allen. What's up, Kevin? Hey, I'm so happy to be here. I love this movie. It was the last movie I got to see before the world shut down, so oh. it, it left me in a good place. In theaters. And, uh, so yeah. in the theater. Wow. Nice. I did. I saw, it, I saw it in theaters. My girlfriend was like, I really want to go see this movie. And I did too. Um, I, but I think we should do it today. And it ended up being the day that they made the announcement to shut everything down. So we got it just in time. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. And we also have senior producer of the Popcorn Talk Network and host of the Star Wars news show, Ryan Nelson. What's everybody. going on, y'all? I'm so Hi, excited Ryan. to talk about this. I saw that it was on Disney Plus on Friday, and I went yes immediately because <laughs> I just didn't want to pay the twenty on iTunes or on any other place. But <laughs> I'm so happy I saw it. I, it. Oddly enough, I would have paid the twenty to see it in theaters. And yeah. isn't it so weird that like we're talking about theaters like it's a pastime? I, I can't believe that's <laughs> yeah. happening. But I am really excited to talk about Onward. Us too. Well, why don't you start us off, Ryan? Give us a little background production info about the film yeah totally so onward is the latest film out of pixar i think it's their 20th film believe it or not oh my god crazy 20 already yeah they're at 20 (laughs) which is wild uh and it follows two brothers which are ian and barley lightfoot in this magical fantasy land but it's 2020 and there are cars and everything's suburbanized and magic is kind of lost in this world and anyway both these brothers uh, they grew up fatherless. Uh, Ian was born right before his father passed away and uh, never knew his dad. And on his 16th birthday, he's given a gift. It was timed. Here's a gift. Finds out his dad was a wizard and has left one spell that he can talk to his dad for one day. But as things go wrong, <laughs> you know, not everything always goes as planned. Uh, only half the dad, only his, his legs really come back so they need to go on this big quest that's very dungeons and dragons-esque very lord of the rings like to go find this orb that's going to bring back the rest of their dads so they can spend the remaining uh 24 hours getting to know them onward holy cow 
Uh, Boom. Yeah, it's it's a very cliched plot. A lot of people we've seen this eighty thousand times before. No, I've never seen this. This is the, the it's the most wild story, but it, it's it's pretty sweet. Amazing. Well, why don't we get everyone's overall thoughts on the film? Starting with you, Kev. What do you think? I I loved it. It surprised me in the most uh, pleasant and magnificent of ways. Uh, initially going into the film, there was just something about the promotion for the movie that I thought was a little lackluster. I kind of got the feeling it could be another good dinosaur, which isn't a bad film, but it's just usually not up to Pixar's mm. standards, in my opinion. Um, so I kind of went into it with a little bit of hesitation going, this could either be really good or just really kind of cliche doing this fantasy trope. Uh, but it was really, really good. It was not cliche by any means. It was unlike any other fantasy film I've seen in a long time. The message, uh, really hit me. It, it caught me by surprise and I was blown away how by Pixar continually raising the bar on itself yeah fantastic film i can't recommend it enough brian what'd you think uh, overall thoughts you know i i was really surprised by this movie because i actually thought it looked like what kevin was kind of saying i think there there's some tiers of pixar they're not all incredible home runs even though they, they do make really good films um there's like the top tier pixar and then there's like that pixar light uh, which I think you would categorize like a good dinosaur or like even some of the Cars sequels. Um, this yeah. looked like it was going to be in that category, but this surprised me. And I actually do think it is a really, really great Pixar movie. Um, if you have brothers, uh, it's, it's like a brother and a dad movie um, to the core. And I think uh, overall, you know, it has a really great emotional ending. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, a really fun setup throughout. I think it kind of teeters off and meanders a little too long in certain areas and also wastes a little bit of, the, of some of the voice talent, but overall really, really like this movie quite a lot. So I had no intention of seeing this movie, which is a little <laughs> off-brand for me because I do love animated films, but unlike the two of you, I don't really know the difference on who's releasing what and when and this one did i know you both oh, you didn't know this was your eyes shut no okay I, okay all good Let's deal with it tell them the truth today sip okay my that's okay <laughs> please sip away um no, please. so i really i appreciate the honesty i had no intention of watching the film uh <laughs> and then People, because of Disney+, Plus, which I'm very thankful for, early releases of all of these digital platforms, people were saying, watch this, watch this, even within the first day. So I did it. And I liked it-ish. Ish, okay. So that is... You can be lot, honest, it's okay. There's a lot... No, it's true. I did like it-ish. There's some plot things that were messy that I that we'll talk about later. 
I think a lot of the characters weren't explored as much as I would love them to be because we have a killer voice cast in like maybe eight of the characters and we didn't get to see a lot of them but the story was great took a turn at the end wasn't sure what was going to happen so I was paying attention the whole time which I can totally totally appreciate so those are my thoughts I'm just curious and I don't want to get too personal but do, who here has like a, an older sibling or younger sibling? Because I have a so I have a younger brother. Okay, so we all have siblings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think that this like that that impacts your experience with this movie, or do you think that really doesn't carry a sword? I think it depends on the relationship. I have a brother who is seven years older than I am, and so we never had adventures like these types of things not that other people do or not that there are wizards around when we were kids but you know what I mean like we just grew up kind of separately so I didn't have the sibling connection that I did think of you right away Ryan because Uh I know that you're close to your brother and so I knew that connection would get you more than it got me Kevin what about you I do have a younger brother and when we were growing up, uh, not to say that like our parents ever labeled us as this, but I was <laughs> the the promising, well-behaved student and he was oh. kind of the reckless one who uh, just wanted to ride BMX and be a badass. Um, and uh, as we, I remember like we actually had the same class my senior year of high school. He was a freshman, I was a senior and we had uh, an elective together and our professor, professor our teacher was floored when she found out that we were related because she goes like, uh. you guys are such night and day like you're nothing alike how wow. how are are you uh responsible for him <laughs> like, so um i kind of noted that dynamic in this film and he was definitely on my mind a lot throughout but mm. as i grew older and wiser I came to appreciate him and realize that he's not a screw up he's not completely reckless he has his life together a lot better than I think I do now Um, so if it wasn't for the fact that I've already kind of had that growth as a person that Ian did uh, this I'm sure would have hit me even harder yeah but uh, I, I kind of had already walked that line so revisiting it I just felt more appreciative of, sure. of him Well, let's get right into it, guys. We are going to be talking about little things that everybody wants to talk about today. Themes, characters, plot lines. But we did just want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Popcorn Talk Network. We love talking about movies, guys. And we love that you love listening to us talk about movies. Maybe carry on the conversation after our shows. So thank you so much. Subscribe to the channel. Like below, comment on your thoughts below. We know it's not just our opinions that are floating around. So thank you so much for tuning in. We have a really, really fun show for you today. We're going to talk about all of our topics. We're going to do a little trivia, see if the guys can hang, right. handle the questions. Right. Okay. And then <laughs> we're, we're going to do our own ratings on the film and then we'll wrap it up from there. So let's start with Ryan Nelson. Let's talk about the themes that you want to talk about today. Big time, yeah, and I think um, I foolishly omitted something earlier where I just wanted to mention some of the voice cast. You know, we have Chris Pratt, yeah, uh, as well as Tom Holland, Spider Man, Julie Louis Dreyfus, and Octavia Spencer, directed by Dan Scanlon, also written by him, Jason Headley, and Keith Boonin. The first topic uh, I was going to just bring up was 
just some highlights in the movie. Um, I think I, I have this, I'm really curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I think the highlights of this film are also what makes it the most divisive. Uh, I don't yeah. think that this movie is for everyone, like a lot of other Pixar movies, but I think it's going to land really hard for some. Uh, I yeah. Think, yeah, I, I think, uh, like I said, if you have, I don't necessarily think you have to have a close relationship with a sibling or even like, uh, you know, not have grown up with a father to connect with this. But I think yeah. uh, if if you can buy into the fantasy elements of this movie, which are so fun, I also think that they're a little divisive. So for those who might not be as big into that whole fantasy genre or like Dungeons and Dragons or going on a quest, I don't know if this is going to necessarily gravitate towards you. I mean, yeah. what, what do you guys think? I kind of disagree a little bit. Um, I can see why that would be off-putting to a lot of people because that Dungeons and Dragons and, and a lot of fantasy lore is a whole nother universe. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this film is drawing from common references in the fantasy genre and throwing so much of it in there that I can imagine it being overwhelming. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons uh, myself. I have a lot of friends who have, but I've never dove into that universe. And so it was one thing uh, that I was like, okay, all all my friends who are super uh, fantasy nerds are really excited for this movie. I'm just not that excited Hmm. because it's just not speaking to me. But I love alternate universes and I love the idea of meshing the worlds of yore with the current uh, lifestyle we have. And so for that, I was able to identify with the idea that people uh, drive cars and take planes and want an easier life and have light switches. So that's, I feel like a marquee of an, a successful movie is when you take something that's familiar and something that's foreign and put them together. So yeah. all the fantasy stuff was just kind of new and exciting for me. And it, it didn't, like, nothing was so out there that I couldn't comprehend it or follow along. Hmm. The... Uh, exposition it gave in the beginning about this is how magic worked and now we don't really use it anymore it told me everything i need to know to follow the film and then the things that i weren't really privy to like the gelatinous cube i i know that that is a big thing in dungeons and dragons but i found out that the week the movie came out uh, and i i don't really know what it means i don't really know the significance <laughs> of it but it but the way they used it in the film was like if I had no clue about it, it was just this silly joke, this running gag that had a payoff at the end. That's so funny because right. I play Dungeons and Dragons and I don't know what that is. I still don't <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I, I still have no clue. Uh, that that completely surprised. I mean, Trina, did you find the fantasy elements at all uh, divisive? Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I didn't want to see it. Yeah, because the usual animated film that I'm down with is cute. I guess, and cute animals and cute things and like Bow and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so Love is Bow Pixar. Bow is a Pixar that played in front of Inside Out. Ha! Yeah. Take that. Or um, so, finding Dory. Anyway. Either way, it's a Pixar. We don't yeah. care. It's, it's, Killed it. Yeah, the, the, about the bun, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's Pixar. So um. Good. So the fantasy stuff. That's what threw me off in the beginning to even want to see it and i just have no idea about the world and completely uninterested in it but that's my bad because i completely lack imagination when it comes to that sort of thing i can't really figure out how to even make that possible to work in my brain 
But that being said, the two boys were pretty real. And so it took me out of that for the most part. I think I kind of just didn't pay attention to the other stuff. Mm. And the Octavia Spencer character, I wasn't really paying attention to the magic of her. I was just paying attention to how funny she was. And I think that a big group that is going to really get something from this film are people that have lost someone. We don't really deal with grief a lot in anything other than tragic dramas. Mm. Any other format of filmmaking, storytelling, we don't deal with grief in a realistic way a lot of the time, especially for young people. And so I think that is a big group of people that are really going to benefit from this film, and I hope they watch it. I know it's very surface level in comparison to the actual grieving process, but by the end, we really got there to a couple of points that were very necessary for both of the boys to make. And I think those are real life takeaways. So yes, divisive, but yes, important to a lot of people. That's a great I point. I guess that's why I, don't, I just am not using the word divisive, but because I have the same feeling as you that the aesthetic of it is what kept me from initially latching onto the film. Like the animation? But watching the film, it's, it's a human story. It's a real story that just has this fantasy overlay. It's no different than cars. I mean, it's yeah. if, if you are a fan of racing, you will understand all the little references and cameos they make, and that will be that much richer of a film for you, but you don't have to be a fan of automobiles to appreciate cars, See, and I feel that that's the same way with this film. I would I would have likened it to Monsters Inc. more than Cars because I feel like Monsters Inc. and I think the director even did Monsters University. Monsters mm -hmm. Inc. has that whole monster world where it's very much its own thing. I think this was relying a lot on what our preconceived notions are of fantasy genres. Yeah, and they but what was what I really respected about it was like it didn't go too in depth on all of it. It focused on what it wanted to focus on. Like, they have this montage up top that is just like, there used to be magic, here's the fantasy world, orcs, ba da 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 and, yeah. and then, boom, it's like the magic's gone. It's just, it, I think that is, if once you get past that first five minutes, if you were kind of on the fence about the fantasy genre, I feel like this kind of comforts you. But it's interesting to hear that before seeing it, that was an element that was kind of pushing you away from it mm -hmm. i think part of it too is the dark colors that are used there's something about it that doesn't make my eyes want to watch it oh you don't like the color blue like, no I'm the, just well seriously <laughs> like a deep blue of all of the background and yeah. maybe it's just what i'm seeing right now because usually we watch these movies and the sky is bright right and so we want to watch the world underneath that sky. But this was a little bit darker and it sets that kind of mood when animation is darker like that, say the Lion King in the cave with the hyenas. That's yeah. the scary part. That's the stuff we don't love, but we love it, but it, we're still, that's the mood. Totally. And so that might be something too. Did you want me to uh, throw to this other topic yeah real, okay so i, I don't know if y'all are familiar with brother bear this is a great animated yeah. film from like yes kevin i'm seeing I've been the smile to see it forever you I'm haven't seen it too. i oh, haven't see i, I have. know i 
It's okay. I met Kenai at Animal Kingdom in Disney World, but I never actually saw him. It's okay. <laughs> oh, see, that's funny. I don't even know who that is. I'll yeah. stop bragging. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I do either. <laughs> um, it's one of the bears. This is Sorry. so funny. Kevin the brother knows bear. All this stuff about Kevin space he more. hasn't done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, you know, I think this movie it hits on a lot of similar emotions. Brother Bear hits on, but with this added element of of the father figure, and like I, I found the most incredible story beat to be just Ian realizing, well, he didn't grow up with a dad. So he doesn't necessarily, him meeting him isn't going to actually, I think, mean as much as his brother who didn't know him. It's going to be, because he kind of, his brother was his dad in that way. And I thought that that was just a really interesting way to hit on this emotionally. The last thing was, um, just going back on this voice cast, incredible voice cast, my favorite actress of all time, is Julie Louis Dreyfus? She's my yeah? favorite actress from Seinfeld okay. to Veep. I think she's incredibly talented. She can do drama. People haven't seen like films she's done. Like Enough Said. She's just I think an incredible talent. Enough she said. is wasted in this movie. Yeah, wasted. Like I was shocked it was her. I I, I couldn't believe. Same. Me too. And I that, didn't know. I want to hear your thoughts on this. The sword moment at the yeah. end, as dope as it was not earned like i didn't feel like it felt like they just kind of threw that out there i i and i i was i wanted that moment to mean more because it was awesome to watch and i don't know like i i I just wish the scenes we got with her she wasn't only utilized as like the straight man um like even when in the scenes where she's with the manticore the manticore is hilarious yeah but she's kind of just like an uber driver like i i i was a little shocked we didn't get more of her i also felt like we we stepped away from her for too long like when we jump back to that whole situation what what are your guys thoughts on that i will go kevin uh so when you're referring to the sword you're talking about just that she wielded wields it and then like takes out the dragon dragon. (laughs) yeah i i feel like to really uh get the right perspective on whether or not that was earned you have to talk to a mother because her saying pulling out the sword to defend her children and just claiming I'm a mighty warrior. I felt that was, was awesome. enough because it was awesome. It was a throwback to the beginning where she's um, she's working out. And so I felt like with the, and this is probably just me reaching. <laughs> That's right, honest, it was. <laughs> I am not a mother, um, but I felt like they were calling back to her doing her morning exercise routine and her, her being I'm a mighty warrior isn't so much that like she did some uh, exceptional thing in order to earn that sword. It's just her being a mother and working hard every day as the caretaker for her family and doing her exercise every morning is what allows her to wield the sword that she's been training for this Mm. her whole life kind of thing. It's a great point. Um, Yeah. And, and I feel like the only reason I can have that point is because we, I've seen this movie in 2020 where, um, where women's empowerment and feminism and uh, just the appreciation of what a mother does is kind of become more prevalent in the ether. So I feel like the movie is relying on that from its audience. It's It's hoping that the audience has that expectation for that payoff, which is technically a flaw of the film. Yeah. Uh, That it doesn't set it up itself. It just kind of hopes that you're on board with it. 
because that's the only way that it is paid off. Because you're you're absolutely right in that the scenes we have with her, she doesn't contribute much. She is just fulfilling the role of a caretaker and one with personality. Julia Lewis Dreyfus does an amazing job giving her personality. I love the mother, but as far as her her role within the uh, narrative, it's she's just there, kind of like helping all these other characters get to their end. Yeah. So. Yeah, she is the straight man, and again, I yeah. I didn't realize it was her because <laughs> she was so underutilized. I think it's also just comedically, like I, she's such a comedic presence in anything she's in, and it's always a little different. Like her her comedy in Veep is so different from her from her chops in Seinfeld. And I just, I think I was just expecting a little bit more because I think everyone else, the voice cast is having a ball in this movie. None of the performances are bad. They're all exceptionally great. And I feel like everyone's yeah. kind of playing around like Chris Pratt and Tom Holland having a good time. And Octavia Spencer is just like chewing the scenery in the best way. And I don't know. I was just expecting yeah. a little bit more from, <laughs> from uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus uh, as character. Uh, I hope this doesn't ruin the trivia later. Did you know Tracy Ullman was in the movie? No. I didn't. Yeah, they got Tracy Ullman. She plays. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look for the name of the character she because I know I'll the... never pronounce it right. She's um, the pawn shop owner. The pawn shop owner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that's right. Grecken or something like that. Oh, there it is. Yeah, Gre- Grecklin. She's the creature in the pawn shop who oh, tra- yeah, buys yeah, the sword yeah. and then ups the price. It's Tracy Ullman, and mm. fitting for a cameo. But it's another thing that, like, you know, we had no idea that that was her because she's so short-lived in this. Great comedic talents that they don't get to have their their fullest extent. Oh, yeah, they robbed her, didn't they? <laughs> Remember, they, 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 they just did. robbed her. Yeah, they they did. Did. <laughs> yeah, she lost some money. But she wasn't going to die or something. She would come back to life. Yeah, the paralyzed. What'd she say? Yeah, paralyzed. It was a brief, like, petrifying. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump ahead to my topics because they're yeah. all about character development. Go for it. And so we're going to jump right into that. I'm going to answer your question, Ryan, because I was a little taken aback by the lack of mom in this and the lack of recognition for how badass of a single mom she was mm. and how Sorry. everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just <laugh>. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, She's so she took these kids from, you know, basically at birth of Ian and she raised them and clearly didn't ask for much in return. And it's just expected of her now. And there's no praise given. And you're right. That final moment still just an expectation instead of thanks, mom, Uh, mom, or something but i think the key is that mom is always there for you Mm. but we need to thank the people especially at an age where you can where you're capable of understanding it and so i think that really flew under and i was having a conversation with a friend about it yesterday and i didn't even really take that away personally the first time and then going back and thinking about the whole story it happened the whole time so not only the Julia Louise Dreyfus of it all, but just the character of it all was underappreciated, I thought. What did you guys think? I, I think when this movie, I'm not, I'm not trying to demean anyway, because I, I, I really like this movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think for the first 
third of it, it's pretty silly. It gets serious, but yeah. it's, it's pretty silly and fun. And I think uh, the emotional gut punch at the end, which is so good, and, and I was crying, when it gets that serious, it kind of makes you look at the movie a little differently. And for for me, that gut punch at the end really helped made me admire the character Barley and Ian a lot more. But it also yeah. made me look back on like the Manticore and the mom. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like the mom, maybe what they're trying to do is say like she is a, a single strong mom, and we don't even need to right to tell you that. Uh, which For is sure. great. But I think when you have the, a moment like that sword wielding moment and mm-hmm. and how awesome that is I, I think i was expecting some kind of similar emotional beat that happened with the two brothers to happen with her but we didn't get yeah. it and I, I think you know it's not the the worst thing in the world but it was just something that, that did bother me yeah what'd you think kev uh i lost my thought to be honest oh that's um, okay <laughs> i no, it's okay it's okay i just i really wanted to pay attention to what you had to say um oh. i think the fact i got it back I think the fact that I didn't notice that they weren't appreci- that the, her sons uh, weren't appreciative of her throughout yeah. the film is is supporting your point. I think it's very yeah. telling. Yeah. Um, it is this kind of expectation. I I have to expect if I'm going to make wild accusations about the script writing process that they wanted the mom to have that awesome moment and give her like the badass moment. Yeah, uh, as a as a way of appreciating the character, of giving her something. Sure. Um, if she got any reward for her efforts, it was, and that the boys now are cool with her new boyfriend. But that's it. It's everything is kind of uh, indirect. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah. I wonder if, and this is another like, uh, maybe this is why. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the I read that the last scene, the battle scene, was the last scene to be written and produced and all that. Mm. And I know there was a big rewrite in giving Barley his moment because originally neither one of them were going to end up meeting their dad, and they were just going to have it. to accept that loss is loss. Sure. Um, sure. So they did the whole sure. rewrite <laughs> to support that thing that you had said earlier, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds, uh, that's, that's a dark ending. I don't know why they. <laughs> I'm glad so they that. Pixar. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I have to pull up the tweet that Dan, Dan Scanlon did a live tweet session. He dropped a lot of information and some really good stuff. But um, he. Well, Kevin, I, what I was going to say with, with Dan Scanlon, real quick, he. You know, mm-hmm. this is this story is actually off of his life because he did. Yeah. His father did die when he was, I think, just like a few months old mm. and he never knew him. So uh, it, there is that personal element that you're kind of yeah. alluding to. Yeah, and so I feel like uh, they wanted to focus on that relationship yeah. so much that to, to to give time of the film to focus on, on the mother and on the, and on the manticore and have everyone have um, some payoff, I think maybe would have lessened or watered down what sure. the payoff of the film was trying to do. And this is all speculation. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but maybe. Because well, yeah. this one was, it was such a strong payoff for the brother dynamic. Yeah. Right. And that maybe that was why. 
I think about we talk about this a lot when it comes to like indie filmmaking and personal stories where yeah that's the story they're telling they're telling a story of two brothers so let's focus on that and the other people let them do their thing on the side but there's the other element to where this is a giant huge studio film that is seen by millions and millions of people so do they owe the world a little something more than the one to two-sided story i don't know i'll i'll say this they could have given her some thank yous and it wouldn't detract 100 percent. two seconds anyway moving on kevin you have some emotional detail to share about how you were affected by this film let's talk about well, it like like i said uh i keep I'm constantly impressed by the way that Pixar keeps meaning to one up their game. And yeah, I, I remember like, uh, I saw a movie about fish and, you know, it made me really teary eyed. And then I saw a movie about fictional characters and I cried. And then I <laughs> saw a movie about plastic toys and somehow that was more emotional than any other thing right. I'd ever seen. And then they did one about robots who don't talk and I'm bawling. And so now I'm seeing a movie of, with the half of a person. You have a character who is just legs. That's all he is. He communicates yeah. purely through dance and like moving his feet around. And somehow I'm fully attached to this character. I don't know how Pixar keeps managing to pull this off. Having a character that is less mm. and less relatable and that communicates through more and more um, hindrances, like the the, language barrier there yeah. is immense but i'm still completely drawn in by dad you know yeah I, I just i don't know how they do it i feel like being half a human though is a relatable feeling and that's why it got you because you know i know deep right to the heart hit you but really though he was just a, a person that could only communicate in a certain way and had a lot of feelings, but only could do certain things to show them. And I think that's very human, whether you have a full body or not. And so I think that that's kind of the tragedy of the whole thing and why we relate to it because we often feel the same way that the dad feels and the people around us often to themselves feel the same way that Ian and Barley do. Completely agree. Damn, Trina. I know. Good. I know. But that's really, um, that's how, that's how I felt too. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, that was another thing that kind of like kept me from really attaching to the movie when they were promoting it. I was like, it, it's so weird to do this weekend at Bernie's thing yeah. with half of a person. You know. And I just thought it was kind of this, this silly, unrelatable thing. And then, I don't know how they do it. They they between Barley's tapping on the feet being like a way to to relate yeah. to him or connect and this is hi dad this is me. Um him stepping out as to like hold hands with them. And then the dancing scene and then being like oh his dancing is terrible. Like it just all of it was <laughs> super relatable and earnest and I just couldn't yeah. believe how clever the studio was for writing this. Yeah. For sure. Ryan, any final thoughts on that? Final thoughts. I think, uh, you know, personally, I I liked that I the idea of you know the father like legs down and then just trying to get the yeah. top half back. I think uh, 
the the weekend at Bernie's bit for me got a little old after a while. Just yeah. that comedic bit. Like I thought it was funny when they're they're dancing or, or when they I think they like run into the fairies, the pink fairies. Uh but going through the convenience store. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. after that though, I was getting like a little tired of it. Uh and it's it's tough because it's such a it's a, it's a really funny and clever uh, plot point to to go off on, but it, I, it got a little old for me here and there, and I think that just fell in line with like the the quest opportunities. Um, even though that each little barrier or thing they or just triumph they had to they had to cross, I thought was the emotional core that like that builds up for that gut at the end. But it just got a little old. Like I don't think they really knew what to do with the dad legs. Uh, yeah for the, the latter half. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, while they were questing, there were so many moments in the movie where I kept looking back to the back seat and being like, so what's his experience right now? Because no one's talking with him. No one's sitting next to him. Yeah. He's just has to wait. And I, yeah. I felt yeah. bad for the, but cause they built did such a great job of building him up as an actual character for me. And then once they had done that, I was like, no one's paying attention to this character. They're just leaving him in the dark. And I felt bad for the half of a person. I felt bad for the legs. Yeah, of course. So that, I feel like, yeah, that was kind of a, I don't know if it's Catch-22, but they they kind of shot themselves in the foot for doing such a great job. All right, guys. Well, before we get into giving you all our final review of the film, let's do some quick trivia, shall we? Yes. Love Trina's all right. trivia. All right. Oh, that's we'll got to be the name of this. Trina's trivia, right? Wow. Okay, maybe I'm... Genius. It does write itself. We've got five questions, so we've got a short amount of time. Y'all ready? Fire okay. away. Okay. First question. Which cast member has their own self-titled television comedy show from 1987 to 1990 and did a second run of the show from 2016 to 2018? Say your name to answer. Kevin? Yes, Kevin. Was it Tracy Ullman? Yes, it was. Okay, Okay. ding, 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 ding. I said it first because I knew. Have you ever seen it, Ryan? I have not. You would love, watch the old one. It's incredible. I'll write it down. Okay. Next question. Which cast member made history in 2017 for winning an Emmy? History. Oh, oh, hold on. I think I know this. Uh, Say your name. I want to give you a chance, Ryan. You had your chance. Kevin. (laughs) Kevin. Oh, he said Emmy. Oh, I was gonna say Octavia Spencer. Uh, Ryan, that's my favorite part. I'm going. Yes, I'm going. Uh, Lena White. Yes. For what? By the way, oh, um, I don't know. It's okay. You get and the you point. Know what? I'm relying just on like pop culture knowledge, and I, I know that this is yeah. the first. Uh, I think this is the first gay Pixar character, right? It was in a movie. Uh, it's the first ooh, openly, openly outed, outed gay, Pixar gay character, character okay, okay. in a Disney property. Perfect. Boom. Well, she was the first black woman to win for comedy writing. No way. Yeah, for Master oh, okay. of None. Oh my gosh. So good. That the episode awesome. two is so good. Please okay. watch the episode. Moving on. Which cast member released a hilarious memoir in November 2019? 
if that's too hard, I can give a quick hint. I'm go- Ryan Julie Lee Dreyfus. No. Damn. Kevin. Oh man, I gotta pull up full cast. No pulling up. There's no pulling. A memoir. A memoir. Up. Okay, so. Oh, I think I know who it is, but I don't know the name. I know the. Okay, character. I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna give a quick hint. Okay. The book is constructed as a set of letters to her young daughters. Uh, Brian, can I go again? Yeah, Ryan. Octavia Spencer? No. Damn, I'm eh. out. I'm out. I lose. One more guess, Kevin. <laughs> All right. I'll give another hint for you, Kev. Played one Please. of the police officers. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Ali Wong. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Dear Girls, and it's okay. really, really good. I did not Moving know she on. wrote a memoir. That's awesome. Which cast member starred in a sitcom based in Wisconsin for eight seasons? Oh, dang, Kevin. Kevin? Chris Pratt. No. Wasn't it? That's oh, it was Illinois. Dang it. Oh. Please stop confusing Indiana. Midwest. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ryan. Um, Stop looking. I know what I you're apologize well, to everyone in Wisconsin, Indiana, and It's not a woman. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I fold. It's oh, Wilmer. Oh, Kevin, oh, Kevin, 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 yeah, Kevin, 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 Kevin. Uh, Wilmar Vildorama. Yeah. Who did wow. he play? Okay. Hello, Wisconsin. Jeez. He played Fez in that 70s show. No, but who did he play Dang. in the movie? Oh, he was um, oh, he I was didn't... the father's friend who yeah. uh, Ian ran into at the fast food restaurant. Yes. Okay. One more. Kevin's winning. Kevin, I think maybe already won, but one more. I got to make up for upsetting all three of those states. Mm. Okay. Which cast member starred alongside Drew Barrymore in a cult classic? In a cult classic. Oh, yeah, um, ten. Oh gosh, I I'm trying to go through Drew Barrymore's catalog and think of all her co-stars. Everyone, give at least one guess. Say your okay, name to Brian, go first. Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. Eh. Okay, Kevin. Uh, uh, Kevin John Ratzenberger, because he's in every Pixar film, and we haven't talked about him yet. No, that is incorrect. It is Octavia Spencer, and she oh. starred in Never Been Kissed. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Oh, and you know what? She is a cameo oh, in Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. I just found out this weekend. There we go. Yeah. There we go. All right, guys, that is it for trivia today. Let's move on to quickly tell what our rating is for the film. So this movie is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes at a 95%. Yeah. I believe, yeah, 95%. And then the audience score was 87%. And IMDb is 7.5 out of 10. Let's go the IMDb route today and do out of 10. Kevin, give it to us. Um, I need to see it again. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters to get okay. a really accurate rating. But after talking about it, I realized that, yeah, the middle section of the quest is a little long and drawn out and could be tightened up a bit. So I'm going to go eight, eight out of 10. Perfect. Brian? You no, know, I think this movie packs such an emotional punch. I was bawling at the end. I think uh, this movie delivered. I think it's really fun if you're into fantasy, sci-fi, and um, I think the brotherly dynamic was so strong that I can overlook a lot of these other faults that I have with it. Uh, I, I do think, you know, there, there were some tar- 
parts where it meandered a little bit too much for me, but overall, I really love this, and I think it is top-tier Pixar. It's probably not, like, top five by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it's in the conversation for, like, top 10, top 12. I'm going 8.4 out of 10. Whoa. Yeah. All right. So... Exactly. Always. That's specific. Couldn't Always. give it that extra point one. No. no. Welcome to Ryan Nelson. <laughs> um, so I had very low expectations for the film, and it proved me wrong about seventy five percent. So what's the I, average? Okay. What? <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm guessing numbers, Ryan. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Um, so I liked it for the most part didn't love some of the character development but did love the characters that they did develop develop so for that i will give it a seven out of ten which i think is fair okay so that's an average of a 7.8 out of 10 7.8 out of 10 you heard it here first from us that we the anatomy of a movie onward 7.8 out of 10 that will be it for our show today. Kevin, where can the audience find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Kevin Allen says and Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham. Ryan? You guys can find me at Ryan Nilsson on Twitter at Ryan Nilsson underscore on Instagram. And Thursday, Star Wars News, 4 p.m. PST on the Popcorn Talk Network. Please subscribe. We got a ton of awesome shows each and every day. Uh, Guilty Movie Pleasures tomorrow at 6 p.m. Trina, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey Trina Dong. Thanks everybody so much for tuning in to this episode of Anatomy of a Movie. Go watch Onward on Disney Plus right now and let us Do know it. in the comments what you think. Thanks guys. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.